And I believe that that will begin to help you on that journey. I'm so excited to have this panel with me today. Uh, in the middle here, this is Rachel Smither. She's the co-founder of Key of Hope. And I know many of you are familiar with Key of Hope. We've had the opportunity to have the kids choir here a couple of times. And we know that we've had the chance to talk to them and kind of watch as God has been working in their ministry. And so Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. And the two ladies that are on your left and on your right, uh, actually both were able to go to Durban and join you in the mission uh, there just this last fall. So uh, we're so glad to have you guys, uh, Becky and Angie, with us as well. So tell us just a little bit about what's going on with Key of Hope, Rachel. So uh, with Key of Hope, obviously um, the same thing is going on at Key of Hope as is going on here and in the rest of the world. We're trying to figure out how to maneuver through this crisis. Um, and so about a year ago, Dan, my husband, and I had planned to come back to America for a time of rest. Um, we have been in Durban now for 12 years and really haven't taken a lot of time to, to come back to the States and just kind of regroup and uh, spend some time with our family. So we decided to do that and have been preparing our staff for that um, for the past year. Uh, and then just about two months before we were supposed to come back, all of this went down. And um, in, in a strange way, we really um, firmly believe that that was completely in God's plan. And so we were able to make it back to America um, and Key of Hope on the African side um, is, is doing very well. But again, we're trying to figure out um, and working through how to continue to reach people in this, in this special crisis situation. Yeah, it is. It's interesting that you were planning to come back. I mean, that was, and it just happened to be at the same exact time as all this was unfolding. But your journey back here, that wasn't an easy that wasn't an easy uh, series of events for you to get here, was it? No, it was kind of crazy, to be honest. <laughs> um, and, and to kind of keep a, it's, it's a long story, but I'll try to shorten it. But um, we, we had bought tickets to come back, and we were actually in the air on our way to Johannesburg when we got an email message that all of the airports would be shut down that day. Hmm. Um, there was no prior notice and that the, you know, we did know that the country was going on lockdown, but there weren't specifics. And so we spent that entire day um, in the airport at Johannesburg trying to figure out how to get back here and could not. Um, so we ended up being stranded in Johannesburg for a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, but during that time, God really, again, showed his hand and took care of us. And uh, two weeks later, we were on a flight and were repatriated to come back. Which is incredible. And we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're safe. Thank you. And, uh, you know, that you're able to be home during the season because nobody really knows that what the future looks like at this point and True. when you're going to be able to return. Yeah. So, so now they, that you're here and, you know, you still have uh, staff that are over there and, and serving the needs of the community, what does that look like? What, what kind of ministry is going on currently? Yeah, so... Um the, the ministry of Key of Hope, we, we work with children, if, if you're not aware of that. And um, it has taken a shift in that the needs that we deal with already on a regular basis um, are 
have become even more critical. Um, and so the feeding that we do already, and I know you guys were there, so you saw that, mm. um, the, the need for food has become just absolutely drastic. Um, and also healthcare that is, uh, a lot of the population is, is an older population. And so they're very susceptible um, to this, you know, COVID-19. And so um, we worry about more kids being orphaned at the end of this. And, and so we have to be on top of the hospital visits and getting kids to the clinic or access to health care. Um, and so right now, the focus has shifted from, obviously, we've had to shut down programs like, like you know, you guys have. You can't just bring people in. So actually, we've had to really find a way to infiltrate the communities even more um, and address the physical needs, not only the spiritual needs, but uh, the focus right now has become spiritual. And I would say that the physical needs have come to the forefront right now um, because they're just everywhere. And it's pretty interesting because even ministry for you guys is a lot like what a lot of us are doing as well, where there's a lot of Zoom calls, there's a lot of long distance. Yes kind of communications and trying to instruct and give people the tools that they need so that you're continuing to reach the people that that God has placed in your care. Yes, so weekly weekly staff meetings on Google Meets and um, yes, all of that is still taking place and obviously in in direct contact with our staff. um, As a matter of fact, I just before I came here had had an hour meeting with uh, one of our staff members who was kind of heading things up on on the South African side, but yeah, that that's happening constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is interesting because it, it says in uh, Romans chapter ten, verses fourteen and fifteen, it says this: How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard, and how can they hear without someone preaching to them, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And for you and your husband and your, at the time, 12 years ago, your four young daughters, your youngest was how old at the time? Six weeks. Six weeks old. (laughs) Until launching out this incredible vision and passion that God had laid on your heart and to watch to see what God has done in and through you guys and what it's grown to to this day to now here we are in 2020, and and this isn't something, you know, so often in America we can kind of get this perspective that, you know, these problems are in other countries or in other regions, and yet this is something that has affected all of us. All of us have felt the impact of this and had to make shifts and changes in the way that we reach people and the way that we do ministry. Right. Kind of leveled the playing field a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, Becky, I know you were on the mission trip. Uh, young mom here, you got four kids. Your kids' ages are? Two, four, six, and eight. Two, four, six, and eight. Oh, that's nice. Nice. And <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, and I know you. I know that as soon as these travel bans are lifted and, and, you know, we're able to go and to be part of mission trips again, I just have this feeling that you might be on the very first plane. You might be the first one signed up to go back. Definitely. Definitely for sure. If I could go now, I would go now. <laughs> right. <laughs> even as you even as you saw that video that played right before this, I'm sure that just elicited a bunch of different feelings and emotions. What is it that just drives you to want to be connected to what's going on around the world? Um, well, I think the Lord obviously calls us to where He wants us. And so that's always global missions is something that has always been on my heart. And 
it's what I will tell people because some opinions might be, it could be dangerous going here, going there. I obviously went on this mission trip and I've also been on a couple others. And, you know, it's trusting the Lord. The Lord, when he calls us, he will equip us and we trust in his plan. And so just feeling him tugging on our heartstrings when Key of Hope came for the first time and I heard them just, what the Lord puts in your heart and he sort of lights that fire. And at that time I had a brand new baby and I still thought if I get to go there one day, if that opportunity comes up, I'm going to be there. And however many years later, our first trip there and the Lord tugged on my heartstrings again at that time and prepared me to go when a lot of people might think that that seems impossible or outlandish to leave your four children and go to another country. But when the Lord calls us there, you know, in, in my experience, I just trust where the Lord is leading. And I think that that is so important to follow that and how he changes us through those opportunities when, mm -hmm. we, when we just go where, where he wants us to go. And I'm going to guess that even going through this, you know, pandemic, I mean, you had to learn how to homeschool your kids, <laughs> four kids, your husband's at home a whole lot more working from home, all of these different shifts and changes. And yet you still have a heart for those that are outside of our country. You're, you're still concerned about those uh, that maybe are suffering in a whole different way mm -hmm. outside of, uh, you know, our country. And so as a follower of Jesus, how does that work? Like, what, is that, what does that look like for you? Well, definitely, I will always have a heart for those outside my immediate family. Obviously, this situation is very different where we're all home. And for us as a family, we've just realized we're so blessed. We're so blessed that we are in this situation, in the location that we are. We have access to healthcare if we need it. We have access to food if we need it. And others aren't, they don't, they're not fortunate like that. And so mm -hmm. we, one thing that we always try to do is remind our kids of that too, that, you know, this might be a tough situation here for us. And it is, it's, there's a lot of changes for everybody but we don't have it the worst. We might not have it the best, but we certainly don't have it the worst either. And reminding them that, you know, the Lord is blessing us with opportunities to either give or go somewhere. And we need to be obedient to that call to serve and also obedient to give in times like these. And just remember that everything is from the Lord. Everything is His. Mm -hmm. And it's it's our job to use that in a way that would be honoring to the Lord. I know a lot of us have been doing a lot of reading. You know, everyone has where they get their, their information from, their news sources. In my role, I tend to read a lot of church mm -hmm. consulting type blogs and all of these things about, you know, switching to online services and, you know, how do you reopen your church? Although I don't feel like we ever closed our church. We just mm -hmm. shifted the way that we do church. And uh, one of them came through this last week and it just, you know, normally I don't get involved in this kind of stuff, but for whatever reason, this one blogger just really irritated me. And so I thought I would share uh, with all of you uh, some of the things that he said. He was writing a blog about uh, the seven shifts that churches need to make 
And halfway down the list, this was one of them. He said that churches need to shift from having a global perspective to a local perspective. And he said this, I'm just going to come right out and say it. Churches have been wasting too much money sending people to Africa and Asia and other distant parts of the world on quote-unquote mission trips. We can continue sending financial resources to help local churches and ministry organizations in those countries, but God has our churches in our communities to reach our mission fields. And I don't know why, but that just infuriated me. I thought if there was ever a time for the church in America to not circle the wagons, to not be focused on ourselves and just be so, you know, we already struggle with that materialism. We already struggle with spending all of our time and resources on ourselves. And all of a sudden it feels like, you know, that this guy's telling us as church leaders to now even encourage that within our local churches. I I don't know. And just you hear those words. I mean, it's kind of infuriating to me. I mean, even with, um, in the very beginning when this started happening, and just thinking about how we were all concerned about, you know, our ventilator supply here in, in America and how many ventilators each and every hospital had in what area. And then you think about a country, like some of the countries we've gone to, like Belize, um, their ventilator supply is less than half of one hospital here for the entire country. Hmm. And we're just so incredibly blessed. We're so incredibly blessed. And, and I think that the more you're given, the more you're supposed to share and, and not hoard. So it infuriates me. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because those of you that call Shepherd's Gate home, or if you are just tuning in maybe today or these last few weeks, we just started a new mission and vision here at Shepherd's Gate. We're five months into a five-year plan. I mean, we've only been doing this for this new direction that we believe God has laid on our heart. And I just want to remind our congregation this morning of what it is that we said our mission moving forward is, starting in January before any of this pandemic started. And we said our mission is to impact the world with the love of Jesus. And we specifically chose the words, the world, because when you have the world, it actually includes your local community and it includes every aspect, every region. And it's interesting, and the reason we chose the world, because we went back to God's word, which is what we're directed here at Shepherd's Gate. I mean, that's who we get our um, direction from. And if you just look at what Jesus said, this is what Jesus said to, to his disciples. He said in Matthew 28, he said, go and make disciples of what? All nations. Mark picked it up this way. Jesus said, I like that all of you start with Jesus said. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation And then right before he ascended into heaven, these are the final words. Think about this. He could have said whatever he wanted to his disciples. And these are literally the last words that he says to the disciples before he sends into heaven. In Acts 1, he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So it's going to start in your local community, in Judea and Samaria, your surrounding areas. Oh yeah, and by the way, this message is going to go to the ends of the earth. And I don't know how anybody can look at this and look at what what Scripture says and even all the letters that Paul wrote, Romans, whatever they may be, and just the constant focus on us not turning inward and just trying to protect our own, but making sure that we keep that global mindset, that global perspective. And so we as a church, we want to make sure that we're doing whatever we can to check in on our global partners. You know, we're so glad to have you here. 
and even sharing with us. And so what have been maybe some of the challenges that, that you've experienced, you know, being stateside now, you know, that you still have staff that are there. And what are some of the things that maybe our church could do to come along and to support you guys? Yeah, so the I think some of the challenges that we have um, go, obviously I talked about a few of them with making sure that physical needs of our children get met. Um, but beyond that, I think n- now is a time when nonprofits all over the world are really, really struggling. Um, in fact, if you are in the nonprofit sector at all, um, a lot of the data that I have read says that 50% of nonprofits actually will not make it through this crisis. Wow. Um, hmm. And that's a staggering amount, if you think about it, of people who now will not get the help that they need, um, not only physically, but spiritually and eternally. Um, and so from, from the onset of this, we, Dan and I and our staff, really committed to um, the long-term vision, recommitted to that of Key of Hope and the sustainability wow. of it and the fact that God put us where we are to be problem solvers and to um, see this crisis as an opportunity to continue to spread God's word and to make an impact in an even deeper way um, than we already have been. And so the challenge of sustainability is a real struggle for nonprofits right now. And so, um, you know, like, like any other nonprofit, especially a Christian-based nonprofit would, would say, and it seems, you know, so Christianese to say, please pray for us. Um, hmm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that you would please pray for us and pray for our kids um, yeah. who are really, really going through a difficult time. Um, and pray for our staff who are heroes right now on the front lines, literally saving lives. Um, and then also just financially, that there, there are ways to support us financially. And in fact, we're having a golf outing. It's kind of crazy, a crazy thing to do right now, but you can golf, so yes. why not, right? <laughs> exactly. So if you like to golf um, and would, would be open to coming out to our golf outing that's coming up on June 8th, um, we would love to have you there. Um, so there's, you know, that, that's kind of a, something right around the corner that you can help. But also just by staying connected to Shepherd's Gate and um, by supporting this church. When you support this local church, you support Key of Hope. Um, and so, yeah, th- those are some ways that people can help with, with the crisis. Oh, that's good. And I, and I know I know our church. I know there's people that, that have a heart and a vision for wanting to help. And so, church, I would just encourage you to pray about what it is that maybe God would lay on your heart and what we can do. Um, and it's interesting because I feel like our church is just getting started. We're just getting started in, in the impact that we can have. And right now we're just in a few countries. I mean, we even have a whole hallway in our church that just was constructed for this very purpose to watch this, this wall blow up and to be able to reach even more countries if that's what God is calling us to do. And uh, one of the other countries that God has put on our heart over so many years, these last several years, is Belize. And Angie, not only were you on the Africa mission trip this last fall, but you've been on the Belize uh, mission trips three times, three different trips. And you have uh, done an amazing job keeping in almost probably weekly contact with our friends down in Belize. And so maybe you could just give us a little update on, on what's going on in Belize. 
Um, well, by God's grace, Belize has only had 18 cases of COVID that, uh, well, 18 confirmed positive cases of COVID. Um, and 16 of them have already recovered and sadly two of them passed away. Um, their borders are completely shut down, similar to here in Africa. Um, they are doing uh, curfews and restrictions on, on things that you can do and whether you can leave the villages or not and um, access to public transportation has been limited. Um, and jobs are a concern. So when the jobs, when people start losing their jobs, obviously there's the same impact that you were speaking of, Rachel, with the um, just the, the immediate physical needs. So the immediate physical needs are, are their biggest concern right now. And, and um, just yesterday I talked to one of my friends there in Belize and I said, How, what can we do for you? What can we do? And their first answer was pray. And I love their faith. Their faith is contagious. It's just definitely the first thing we can do for them. And the second thing was, is food. Food is their, is their biggest concern right now. Um, a lot of them are dependent on tourism and with tourism not being an option right now, uh, a lot of the families aren't working and then they, they can't, uh, they can't buy the food. They can't get to buy the food because there's a lot of restrictions on how, how and when you can travel. And I know that you're going to be talking with them some more, talking to some team members that have gone from here and then even just talking to our mission team and figuring out what it is that maybe we could do to come along and support them. Right. After talking to them um, and, and hearing more about their need, their direct needs, um, we plan to contact anybody who has been on a Belize mission trip and just see if, if their heart leads them at, at this time to get involved, how we can help them. And and then hopefully if you're one of yes. those people. <laughs> you can contact Pastor Tim or me or Beth Ann or anybody else who else has been on that trip before. Or if someone has a heart and says, "Hey, I want to I want to help you figure that out," and can maybe right. donate financial resources to do that. But I think most importantly, it, it, it's going back to even though we're going through this, even though it, it's been difficult, even though maybe some of us have had to have personal struggles. As a church, we do not want to lose sight of our mission partners that God has put in our lives and what they're going through. And so, Rachel, I just want you to hear from us that we are 1,000% committed to you and whatever we can do. And however long this takes, and as soon as, you know, the things are restricted, they're probably going to organize the mission trip anyways, you know, with my <laughs> wife going. and yeah. everybody else. Um, and also, because we also know, you've told me this, so many of our Belize friends watch our services every week. And so we want to tell you, we love you. We care about you. We care about what you're experiencing, what you're going through. And we are committed to doing whatever it is that we can to offer that love and support because that's what Jesus has called us to do. And, you know, I don't believe that this, even our vision statement, our brand new vision statement, five months old that we came out with is by accident. I mean, just hear these words again, right? This is what we said we were going to commit to as a church, that we will value everyone we meet and that we are going to influence everywhere we go and that we are going to live generously with everything that we have. And I'm so humbled and blessed to be part of a church that gets that, that buys into this vision, that's continuing to ask God what it is that we can do. And so I'm so glad, again, to have you guys here. I'm glad that we were able to take a, you know, just kind of a break from, from what we've done these last few months and, and to be reminded that God is at work 
in our world. And this doesn't mean that, that we neglect what's going on here locally. Many of you know, uh, you know what just happened recently in Midland and the surrounding area and how cool that we were able to send a team from Shepherd's Gate just this last Friday to be able to go and to be there. And many of you have donated financially to help uh, one of our sister churches, Messiah Midland, be able to, to reach their members who have experienced uh, damage by the floodings and those kinds of things. And I'm just so glad that we're going to continue to be a church that's not an either or, that we're going to be a church that's both and, and we're going to humble ourselves, we're going to pray, and again, we're going to value everyone we meet, we're going to influence everywhere we go, everywhere that God calls us to go, and we're going to live generously with everything that we have. And so again, Rachel, thank you so much uh, for being here. Know that you and Dan and your daughters are, are in our prayers, your staff that's here stateside, as you're trying to figure out what that looks like, the staff that's still in Durban. And um, we're, we just know God has a plan. God knew this was going to happen. God knew that we would be in the situation. And um, God is just good and gracious, and he's going to see us through it. So can we, uh, is it okay if we close in prayer? We just pray together. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for today once again. We thank you uh, just for the love and the passion uh, that you have for people and God, we know that even in these uncertain times, that even as so many are questioning what it is that, that you are up to, or even if you exist, God, we just pray that you would continue to reveal yourself in powerful ways. That God, as you're calling people to yourself, that as even as you know, churches have had a switch to, to doing services online and and you know, people in other countries have had a change and, and, and shift the way that they reach people that God, you're just gonna keep giving us wisdom and guidance. You're gonna keep showing us you know, what, those, what those avenues and those new methods look like. And God, we do, we pray for these nonprofits uh, that are doing the work that, that you have called them to do. And we pray, God, that you would provide for them financially. God, we pray that you would provide in just unbelievable ways, ways that they didn't even think were, were possible. And God, we just pray for us as a church that you would continue to lay on our hearts, that you would continue to give us your direction and your guidance in what you would have us do as a local congregation here in Shelby Township, Michigan. And God, how we can come along and we can support organizations like Key of Cope as, as they fulfill the, the, the mission and purpose that you've put on their heart. God, as we can continue to talk to our friends in Belize, as we can continue to, to do whatever it is, God, that you have called us to do, God, may we be obedient to you. God, we just love you and we thank you. And God, we want to live for you and make sure that we continue, God, to do everything that we can to fulfill the mission that you have laid on our heart. So God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your son's most holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.